Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and I'm joined today as always by Alex Miller. Mate, another huge round. The top eight's getting very, very close to completion. We've only got two more rounds to go. Plenty of footy to chat. The rotisserie chicken cat, it keeps on turning. It's on the coals. It's looking good. But I tell you what, September's getting even closer and closer and always means some other things as well. Some retirement news we'll get stuck into early as well. But um, massive episode. Very keen to talk with you, gentlemen. Massive episode, Alex Doherty. Plenty to look at. We've got Supercoach coming down to the wire. We've got Top 8 coming down to the wire. It's it's bloody close on this year. I'll tell you what, this is this is going to shape up to be, could potentially shape up to be one of the more controversial episodes of A3 <laughs> that we've ever had in our lives. There's a lot to lot to crack into and so very few, so very little time to do it, Kat. Yes, there's some controversy around here in the Supercoach. We'll get to that later. Stay tuned because there's a couple of men not happy in this podcast at the moment. But uh, off the top, boys, let's talk retirements because a couple more big ones today. After there were a lot uh, announced last week at Miller. Um, first up, Nick Nui from the Eagles. He's hung up the boots, so the third of their veterans now. Uh, Shuey's gone, Hearn's gone, and now Nick Nat's gone. Um, it's going to be a very different sort of look there. It already has been this year, but even more experience out the door. Yeah, changing the guard sort of in, in the ruck roll the last couple of years. We've seen Bailey Williams emerge. We've all said some very positive things about him. And I mean, Nick Nat's had an amazing career, Doc. You know, 213 games. He's taken had some memorable highlights some memorable seasons has been a late player when he's at his best but if only he just didn't have the runs with the injuries I reckon he could have been just about anything but still nevertheless still an elite player at his best I think yeah absolutely Miller I think a three-time Australian blazer a two-time best and fairest medal winner as well you know that's nothing to sneeze at you no. know, not even at just the west coast but at any team really I think we 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 all refer back to the uh, the draft. It was either between him and Jack Watts at number one, and we always we always make the question of what if. But West Coast have had such a terrific player on their hands in that new. He's just a, a terrific athlete, and just the way that he's had built his craft over time hmm. was just was just amazing to watch. Yeah. Um, and especially and and even towards you know the back end of his career, some of the times like. Maybe his athleticism dropped a little bit, but still his his tap work was almost second to none. It's a scary um, thing to think about, the fact that Melbourne could have had uh, Gorn oh. and Nick Nat together. <laughs> that would have been, uh, the rest of the league would have been on notice, I think. They wouldn't Don't tell Grundy that. Maybe not the ideal partnership. They would have been getting about 80 hit outs each every single week going together. But congrats to Nick Nat. It's going to be unfortunate for other boys that he missed the flag, but... I think, um, like many other players before him that just missed out on grand finals with injury and, and other reasons, um, I think he'll still be very much considered a part of that uh, flag-winning team in that year. So um, go well, Nick, that, and enjoy retirement. The other one, a bit of a sadder note, um, Doc, Paddy McCartan, we've mm. probably known this was coming basically across all season when he hadn't played again since his last concussion, but he's officially announced his retirement, going to be medically retiring from the footy. Um, as deemed well, similarly to Max Lynch a couple of weeks ago, but not safe for him to go on anymore. I mean, like I said, we probably all knew it was coming, but it doesn't make it any sad or any less sad, really. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and and you're right, Cat. I think we saw the writing on the wall when he, you know, when he had his last concussion, which was what was it now, round five, round six. Yeah, I think so. Uh, when when the Swans played Port, so it was quite a few few months ago now, but. You know he's had he's had these concussion issues, you know, long long standing over his career. So, yeah, it's it's bloody sad. But we but we will also remember we'll also remember Miller how bloody good it was seeing him back on the park last year, thriving in a new environment, getting him yeah being one of the an integral being an integral piece to that Sydney mm. Grand Final team last year, and you know that's something that I'll always sort of hold to heart. Just you know. Some people might might see it differently, you know, a bit bit silly to come back after a spate of concussion. But the fact that, you know, he was still passionate enough to play on and try and make something of, of, of what was already a flailing career, it, it's, it's admirable for, my, for mine. Yeah, I think so. I don't think there'll be many people in the footy world that won't be sad and by this news, as you mentioned, Kat. I think that no matter who you follow, um, whatever team, you're aware of Paddy's story. And I think that, as Doc said, it's quite amazing that he's been able to come out and play and, and do what he's done and not only play again, but at such an elite level. But yeah, it's totally understandable under the circumstances that he's got to do what's best for his health and um, himself. And uh, we wish him and his family all the best and um, 
enjoy retirement because uh, I tell you what he's earned to be. He's it's been such a hard worker. I remember his juniors, um, and he's even his time at St Kilda during his rehab and whatnot. So he's been an amazing warrior of the AFL world, and I think he's had a really important career. I think for to show resilience, it's something that's very important. I think in our game, and um, I think Paddy's the epitome of that cap. Yeah, beyond footy, I really just hope he can live his life normally. Yeah. You know, we heard how bad he got. Um, when he was out originally with the concussions and how much trouble he had just even looking at lights and being out in the sun, that kind of thing. So um, hopefully he's got the, the best doctors behind him that can help him get back to, to normal and um, live out the rest of his life well. Um, you know, it's not, not ideal that we've had two um, medical retirements this year. So hopefully this is now the start of a pretty big turning point. We've yeah. seen it this year with how the head's being protected, but um, hopefully now this is a real turning point on how the AFL treats concussion um, widely as as a contact sport. We've got to be very, very mindful of it going forward. Uh, let's crack into some of the games out of the weekend, boys. And let's start with the Ds and the Blues. It was an interesting result in terms of the top four. Miller with the Ds dropping this. They've been in cracking form recently, um, even without their a couple of star players. Um, with Clayton Oliver coming back in this week, Bailey Fritch a few weeks away still, but... Um, they'd probably be ruining dropping this considering they were eyeing off that top two spot with Port being in shaky form and now they've got to fight for it again. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a game, probably one of the most interesting games below 70 points each that I'd seen this year. I mean, a real contest from the get-go. Carlton dominated the opening quarter. I think it was 20 on inside 50s to two or three and it was still game on a quarter time. But you felt like the Demons let this slip away, Doc. I felt like they're... The, the pressure that Carlton applied had been something that's completely changed since their middle bracket of the season. I think Carlton's intensity around not only the football and the contested work, but just around um, particularly defensively on the halfback flank, something that they haven't had a lot of pressure up on the ball. They seem to have always let it in a bit easy into the forward line. But I feel like some of the magnets that Voss has thrown around um, and some of the guys that have come in, David Cunningham wasn't in this best 22 at the start of the year. Fogarty's done a really good job, I think, playing his role. Um, so they're really – March makes a guy has been in and out. And the big tick has been uh, Brody Kemp, Doc. I mean, this guy, I reckon, has changed their whole dynamic this year, Carlton. Yeah, absolutely. And I think before we get on to the Melbourne you know, side of things, I just want to make mention of Carlton and – and, and the game itself, you know, a lot of people say it's the game of the year. I think that's a load of crap. Um, <laughs> the, the absolute standard of the game was, you know, completely bog average for a half at least. Um, but anyway, uh, on Kemp, I think he's been fantastic as well. Probably the best game I've seen him play uh, on Saturday night and really is holding out a guy like Lewis Young, who was seen as a best 22 player at the start mm. of the year, not getting any more, not getting any more game time. But not only that, but, you know, guys like Stack Fisher and Paddy Dower that were on the out um, at you know midway midway through the year, they're now starting to recapture some form and really finding their standing. In, Have you liked in, Fisher's in... role change, Doc, to the halfback? Yeah, yeah he's not, not not been too bad. I mean, he's he's still he's running, he's creating, he's providing options, he, he's doing all the things that are really sort of catering to his strengths, Miller. Uh, mm. I think so. No, I, I've really enjoyed you know his sort of career resurgence now. Back to the D's now. They're in a bit of a bit of a spot, aren't they, boys? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I feel like, yeah. Oh, I mean, they, they've they've had Clayton Oliver come back, and I think we've sort of waxed a little bit of lyrical about how they handled the um the injury management over the last couple of months. Um, but you know, he he came into his own as that game went on in in the second in the second half. You know, finished with twenty seven touches, thirteen tackles, and ten clearances, almost like a. A true, a true marksman's game from uh, Clayton Oliver. Just you, you just know what you're going to get from uh, on the inside every week. So I don't think I've got a, I've got a problem with that. Whether or not that it does upset the apple cart a little bit more because we know they were playing Petrarca more forward um, when he when when he was when he was not playing Cla- uh, Clary. But I, I sort of want to get your thought on 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 how Melbourne's midfield setup works. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Cat. Like mm. Brayshaw's roles just change in a in a night, and I'm worried about Goody. Is he trying to be too smart? I, I feel like starting Oliver forward this week was a bit dumb because he was always going to go into the midfield, and I, I don't know. I think Goody's trying to be too clever instead of just playing to the strengths of this team when you need to be hitting that peak right now. I think. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a weird time for Oliver to come back in as well. You know, there was there yeah. only two games left now, and you you do risk upsetting what they have built. 
we thought they'd finally found the the best way to play. You know, Gorn um, looked great solo, and in this game he absolutely dominated the hitouts, but they couldn't get anything working to advantage. He wasn't great around the ground, only the two marks. Um, I oh, worry wow. that, yeah, you're right, Miller, that it's maybe a little bit too late to start changing things up and... Yeah. Um, maybe it's time to just stick with <laughs> what worked. Van Ruyen couldn't get anything working against um, Carlton's backline. Just the two points for him as well. Um, and I really don't think Grundy added anything at all when he was playing forward. Um, he, he did register a single shot on goal. Um, so that certainly didn't help. Is he um, in their best way to cap come finals, Brody Grundy? Yes, he's not at the moment. He's not. He's no, absolutely not. I don't think so. No, I, I think, but what was all this talk about a month ago about him being trialed as a forward? It was never going to work. You know, who, the people that bought that would be just, you know, completely deranged Melbourne sheep. But the, um, the, the problem is as well, it all comes back to, as you said, Kat, too late to be trying it. I, I think yeah. that we're at a point in the season where Melbourne are playing for top four. Genuinely, I think they need to lock in a top two spot, in my opinion, if they're to be a serious threat. So... I think that it's too late to be changing things up. We've seen Rivers go, <laughs> Rivers go in and out of the midfield from time to time. Brayshaw's going from wing to half back to all these into the middle as well. And it's just ruined their, their consistency. But I worry about their scoring power, Cat. I just don't mm. know in September where their scoring is going to come. Their first 12 weeks of the season was elite. But since then, I don't think this blend that they've got at the moment is going to be good enough to register a decent score come September. No, the sentiment sentences are interesting, Doc, like we talked about, trying to get Oliver obviously moving back in there, and he attended 14, um, which was just below Brayshaw and Viney. I really think that um, you probably need to get Brayshaw out of there and get more, a um, little bit more rotation with Sparrow, who we've seen go through there a little bit, with, you know, guys like Rivers. Uh, he wasn't in any sentiments at all um, on the weekend, uh, so... I don't know. It's. It, I think it is a case of why change what was working. You don't. You don't really have to. Well, Sp- well Sparrow was the big beneficiary uh, in the midfield when Oliver mm. went down with that injury. You know, the first week after the injury, he spent eighty-five percent of centre bounce attendances there, and sort of you know it always went at least over fifty percent up until you know he missed the game against Richmond, and then it sort yeah. of it's sort of been you know peeled back a little bit. He only had fourteen percent of uh center bounce center bounce attendances on the weekend so uh, he's been good sparrow I've, I've certainly liked how he's sort of gone about things so i wouldn't have minded seeing him play a little bit more in the midfield just on the scoring as well miller the last month hasn't actually been too bad you know 103 points against north melbourne but they're irrelevant so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter <laughs> 130 points against richmond the week before 97 against adelaide in a good game and uh, 105 the in the comeback against brisbane in the last month so all in all, it has it has been so bad, but I I, I understand the point. You know, I mean, Cosy uh, feels like he's a bit inconsistent for mine. You know, he's a good player. He's he, he can attack really hard when when called upon, but I need to see him hitting two goals at yeah. least. You know, at least a week, one Espe- or two goals a week every week. Especially with Fritchard, Doc. Oh, I think that's a big thing as well. And mm. I just look at the full line; it's not dynamic enough for me. I think Melksham sort of hit and miss. Neil Bullen's consistently average, but never going to take that. He's a good player, he's but he's consistently not, there. He's consistently there. <laughs> oh, it's a, again, that's not knocking him as a player, but they don't have somebody who has mm. like Fritch is the guy who has the range of two to four goals to five goals to even six if he gets his yeah. good run of it. And they've missed him. They've missed Oliver, and I worry about you know when Fritch comes back. What I mean, it, obviously he's going to add to the attacking bow, but. I'm just not sure where Melbourne are going to come out because they've got two really important games coming up. I mean, in terms of of where they want to finish, Kat, they they have to win both these, in my opinion. I know, and I don't think they should be taking the Hawks lightly whatsoever. Uh, No. No. (laughs) Not at all. Especially after witnessing, you know, uh, the game yesterday and, you know, you can take it take it two ways, you know, one, the dogs are shit again. Uh, two, <laughs> Hawthorne are actually quite pretty, uh, quite impressive around the contest. They're charging so, home full of steam, Doc. Uh, they're, they're the best team ranked 16th in the comp yep. that I've ever seen. 
the, the only moment. team ranked 16th in the comp as well, actually. <laughs> I, I think I think a few of us saying that about the, the Giants when they were like 14th yeah. about two months ago, and they certainly proved that right. <laughs> I if, mean, if, if this was halfway through the season, the Hawks would be making the charge for the eight by the end of it. Um, <laughs> I, but I, just, just on the forward line, boys, before we continue forward, um, I think it can't be understated as well, Doc, that they've now lost Petty, who was just finding some form as a forward, and... He's certainly a much better option than Grundy <laughs> has been in the Ugh. forward line. The man can mark. The man can bloody slot him. Um, and in terms of a Fritch replacement, he was the best thing they had going. Yeah, and, and as well, I, th- I think Miller Petty's was certainly more mobile than yeah. Grundy. Grundy sort of lumbers around like a you know two hundred meter, uh, two hundred centimeter bloody tree. Um, so <laughs> uh, th- that doesn't work for mine. You've got to get him out. You know, I think that was a mistake bringing him in, in the first place. I understand the notion of wanting to try and pair him up with Gorn, see if they could do something from him, but it just doesn't work. You can't you can't have two premier ruckmen in the same team no, unless, un, un, unless one of them has a different as as like an extra strength to it. We know Gorn's good around the ground. Grundy's not that sort of bloke. He's no. the sort of bloke that you'd want that you want as a primary ruck around the stoppages. Correct. He can go and chase your own, go and chase your own ball, win the clearances. You're good as gold. I'd argue the only team that managed to get a dual ruck set up working really well this year was Frio before Sean Darcy got injured. And even then, Jackson was struggling a bit um, without being the number one ruck. Took him, I, some, time, took him some time to get there, though, Jackson. Yeah. I mean, once he did finally find his straps, he was actually able to play a little bit more around the ground. And that's, you know, that's the advantage he has over, over Grundy. Grundy's only sort of, I'd say, just a one-dimensional ruck. In, in, in comparison to the other better rucks around him. Yep. Just, I guess just the, sorry, that's going. Just 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 want I know we keep I know we keep cracking on the forwards, Miller, but you know, I'm looking at the guys that kicked goals on the weekend. You know, Kay Chandler won, Cosy Pickett won, uh Joel Smith won, and the rest of them are sort of left to your midfield. Neil Bullen as well with one. He's he's a bit more of a high high half forward type. But you're not getting a match winning bag out of any of these guys. Uh, I, I just, yeah, you know, I love love Chandler. I think he's been great for them. You know, him and his little box head. But <laughs> I think he's, but he he's not. He's just he's only going to be a secondary role player to guys like Fritter, guys like Van Royen, who didn't score, had two had two behinds though. So you got he had he had his leaks. Yeah, I think Ben um, Brown's going to be worried as well where he's going to be at because if he can't get into this team, this team at the over Brody Grundy, then you've got some serious worries uh, as a player, as a forward. So, oh yeah, they've got a lot of finding out to do, Melbourne, in the next two weeks, and not a good time to be doing it. As we said, Hawthorne probably <laughs> the most. I'd say Hawthorne are the most in form. Top eight killer in the comp, uh, the way they're going. And <laughs> they are, they're Sydney, the beast at the moment. And Sydney are traveling nicely, as you mentioned uh, last week, boys, on the episode of both of you. So it's going to be really important that they get their, their forward line sorted out sooner rather than later. They're certainly the more, they're certainly the best uh, team outside the, the top eight at the moment, Hawthorne. I mean, GWS have lost a couple on a trot. Essendon have only just squeaked in against the bottom two teams. Uh, Adelaide are a bit hot and cold still. Geelong are very hot and cold. And, uh, Richmond just we are sucked. cold. Richmond we are. just sucked. <laughs> they're, they're we're not in the freezer. We are. Uh, yeah. We're getting the sorry. freezer. <laughs> uh, I guess just a quickie to wrap up um, our thoughts on Melbourne boys. Yep. Uh, can they make it to a prelim and beyond if they don't get top two? I still no. think they. I still think they can. Yeah, I say yes. No, I think that I if they play Collingwood in a qualifying final week one. I would probably back them in, given Collingwood's injury issues at the moment. But they, playing Brisbane or Port away, I think they yeah. lose at the moment. If they if they finish fourth right now, they're a game behind Port and third. If they finish fourth and match up Carlton in the semifinals week two, they're not winning. They're going no. home. They are not winning this game. Dang. Melbourne could be anything. I think come September, they could be a team that I could honestly see making it all the way to the grand final or could be out in straight sets. It's just a matter of figuring it out, and there's no better time like the present, that's for sure. Plenty of going on in the next few weeks for the Ds. Speaking of a team that needs to figure something out nice and quick fast here, boys, uh, the Cats went down on Friday night to Collingwood, only by eight points in the end. 
Um, Jeremy Cameron was playing by his own rules, but it still <laughs> wasn't enough to get them the win. Uh, Lee, oh, I, I, I heard Caddy slipped. He slipped a fitty in the uh, in the boundary umpire's pocket uh, <laughs> on on Friday night. I was I, I was there too. I, I was I was there two two hours before the uh, the opening bounce with my partner, and and uh, I, I reckon we both spotted Jezza having a chat with the uh, boundary umpire, and I think it might have been a little bit of slippy slippy. You probably yeah. would have almost got a handball, uh, Doc, sitting that close to the front. I think you would. Yeah, yeah. no. I tried. I tried to work my way into the front row. I think I was only four rows, uh, out, uh, four rows back from the front. So I was trying to work my way out to the front spot. Uh, no dice. No dice. Um, this leaves Geelong in a very interesting position the next two weeks, Miller, where they probably need to win both games to even be a shot of making finals. They're only two points out of the eight, but I don't know if they can go all the way, even just getting into September at the moment given the competition they've got around them. Yeah, look, it's tough, Kat. They've got a really important couple of your weeks coming up, as as do most of the teams outside or around that eight bracket. They've got St Kilda at Marvel, which is no easy feat. So it's a, found, found a bit of form, thanks to us and our uh, match simulation we did with them yesterday. And also the Dogs, sort of, they're playing for top eight as well. Yeah, speaking, um, of, speaking of match simulation. <laughs> they'll be uh, in the final round of the season. So, look... <laughs> The Cats is a weird game, this one. Look, oh, I think there's a couple of positives to take out of it. I think Dangerfield played extremely well, found some good form again, really struggled sort of the last couple of weeks to, to get a bit of something going. But um, I thought that the job Jeremy Howe did on Tom Stewart has a, is a real concern um, for Geelong going forward because he was completely nullified, I thought, uh, Doc. And also it, it paid massive dividends because – the guys in the back line, I've said this about Geelong for some time, is that if you can negate Tom Stewart from getting the footy, he is a top three user in the back line in the comp, in my opinion. If you make other people like Collar Jasny, Radigalia, uh, Mark O'Connor, these guys mm. make decisions with the football, you're going to generate scoring opportunities because they turned it over so much in their back half and it really cost them the game in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, uh, it's hard. It's hard to really get a grip of who to take out of the best from this game. I mean, Geelong started well. Collingwood had that six-goal burst in the third quarter, and then the Cats made the response in the last quarter. So, I I, I think there's still a little bit to take it to take out of this from both sides. Obviously, Collingwood. They were, I mean, we all knew they were going to try and bounce back after a horrendous effort against Hawthorne the week before. But yep. Um, but as well, the Cats, I'm a bit worried about where they stand. They've all, they've been hot and cold a lot this year. They've had these games where they've started to look like they've been they're, – they're emerging as that premiership side again. And then they sort of have games like this where they let a quarter – they let a six-goal quarter or a seven-goal quarter just un, undo the good work from previous weeks. Yeah. And, and I think – and I think you got a point too, Miller. We we all know Tom Stewart's a great a great player and you know top ten when he's on his when he's on form. Yeah. But you know I've seen games like this. I think there was a game a couple of years ago where the Giants went to um, went to Cadinia Park and I don't remember who who was playing it, but it was a, I think it might have been Daniel Lloyd that was playing on him. And it, and it was basically a game where he forced Tom Stewart to make him accountable. Yeah. So. That that's all. That's it's pretty much the key because yeah, as you said, College Jazzy's making some silly errors. Radic Lee has already uh, signed his uh, contract with Port next year, so he, he he's not he's not he's not giving a shit. Oh, um, I, don't, I don't know what to say about that game from Sav. It was bloody shocking. I don't think oh. I've seen a bloke play worse in the defensive half for for a long time. What do you What's do it? though, Cat? Like when something like that's happening to Stewart? Do you do you, if you're the coach? I think if, if you're Chris Scott, you got to move Duncan back there or somebody else who's got a bit more class because it really hurt them out of the back half. Yeah, I don't think I think Scott got pretty well out coached in this game. It was good to see McRae, given that I think he got thoroughly out coached last week yeah. um, against Carlton. That oh sorry, two weeks ago against Carlton that he managed to bounce back and um, actually show that. He is a man that knows what he's doing, and Jeremy Howe in the forward line, I think, was a good start to that. I think that was definitely part of the reason why Stewart didn't have much of an impact on the game. But, yeah, he wasn't very flexible with this one, and I can understand not wanting to get a guy like Duncan back there. You can't let Dacos and, and Hoskinelli just have the ball whenever they want. Noble's going to push up off half-back, you know, get a bit of extra numbers through the wings. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's probably better than doing nothing and sticking with the backline structure that was turning the ball over every two seconds. I thought midfield as well. It was really danger take on the whole yeah. night, Miller. Like, 
He was bursting out of packs. He was getting those kicks away, but no one else was going with him. I thought Atkins was non-existent. Um, Tui was named in the midfield, but I don't think he played bloody second in there, really. Um, he, was the one, he was the one that found his way to the back line, and that didn't bloody help at all either. Adkins non-existent. He had 34 touches and eight clearances, Cat. Well, he, he did, but I, I don't I know. I think no, I agree. The game was on the line, Doc. I don't think yeah. he was doing what Danger was doing. Yep. Yeah, uh, look, I get that. I mean, you could have felt you felt Danger's more presence. I uh, didn't feel like Atkins had 34 touches. Like, if I hadn't no. seen the stats, I wouldn't say that he had... 20. 19 contested possessions and 34 disposals. Um, <laughs> it's good in and under, but it's it's at, it's numbers if you're not doing anything with it. And and, and that's and that's it, Cat. I mean, Tom Atkins is not Patrick Dangerfield. He's only he's only sort of that support role to a guy like him who who yeah. gets who goes in, hunts the ball. I want to see a bit more from Tanner Bruin. I know yeah, they. I thought he was out of his depth pretty pretty considerably, Doc. I, I I know I know they got a bit to get him over there, and he's going to take a bit of time. I think he'll I think he'll start to really come into his own in the next couple of years. But he's getting he's getting a lot of midfield minutes at the moment. He had fifty percent on the on the weekend of centerbacks attendances. Yeah, yeah. I liked yeah. um I liked Parfit's attack uh, in def- defensively in the midfield when he came on, but thirty nine percent disposal efficiency. He oh, was he, so he, wasteful with it. He, he, I think we found out why he's why exactly he's not getting games. Yes, he's yes he's a good attacker of the ball, and we love his tackling skills. But he's just so crap with the ball in his Max, hands. Max Holmes is another one, Doc, who's dropped his colours. I think that he hasn't had a great season due to injury and whatnot. Probably from last year, he just looks like he's lacking in a lot of confidence. That burst of speed, and he was the guy that lots of pundits, not even about Geelong, but we're saying he's going to have a breakout year and be one of the most improved players in the comp. He's really struggled this year for mine. Yeah, he's been an interesting case. Obviously, he was left out of the uh, the grand final team last year, wasn't he? And yeah. uh, and he's and he sort of has been a bit stopped. There's been games where he's been, you know, where he's shown that he's a great player and I think he'll get there one day. But I think it's a bit like some of these other younger fellas that, you know, he's, he's just going to be a bit hot and cold until we get to see a little bit more continuity. I yeah. like the idea that it, that they're playing him a lot more around the uh, the contest. Yeah, you know, last year he was playing a little bit more as a midfielder, uh, as a winger. Sorry, um, but they're getting it. They're starting to introduce him, and they're drip feeding these kids into roles in in the guts because I think they're starting to understand that the end is nigh with this with this team. You know, yep. Dangerfield's not going to be there forever. We know that there's retirements on the horizon. We know Isaac Smith retired uh, last week as well. Um, so I think they're starting to sort of understand that. It's it's gonna be you know they're gonna start getting you know games of these young kids and you know we we've seen it throughout the year as well. Mitch Nevitt got some games, uh, Ollie Dempsey got some games, you know, Sheen Mullen got some games, and uh, Ollie Henry's uh, been prominent throughout the year. Not necessarily midfielder, but he's he's still a kid. Um, I, this is this is where they need to yeah this is where they've got to start at, at, at they've got to make some really harsh calls over the off season, regardless yeah. of whether they play finals or not. Yeah, I think it'll be a bit of short-term pain, I think, for the Cats at the midfield group while these guys are still getting um, gains and experience in there because, yeah, Dangerfield and Duncan can't do it forever and Duncan's the guy who's slowed down a little bit throughout this year. Um, So I think it's not the worst thing in the world for Mike Miller if they do miss finals because I don't think they've got... They're not in the space to to win back-to-back at the moment. Um, But they should have that eye on the future and keep putting these kids through because, yeah, you can't count on danger to do it all. Yeah, I, I think a refresh wouldn't hurt come the off-season, Cat. I think that I saw enough from Shannon Neal. He, he gave some good contest work. Yeah, he looked all right. Um, he used the ball all right too, Shannon yeah, Neal. He's not yeah. bad. Would have been nice if he... Another big uh, ruck dog that can use the footy. Would have been nice if he kicked the goals, but he did some really nice things around the ground as well. And um, Look, I think that they're in a really sort of cement spot, I feel like, Geelong, where... They're probably understanding what you've both said is that they are needing to go into a direction to a bit more youth orientated, orientated. But I think that they're a bit reluctant to, and I think that they should reward um, more effort through the VFL and stuff like that because that's their future right there. And I don't know if guys like Mark O'Connor are their future. Like, no, no. College Asney, Sav's He's- not going to be there probably. Um, <laughs> His and, and, paper's already stamped, Sav. He's gone. And there's a couple little things I just wanted to quickly talk about before we move on. Uh, two guys that were elite when it was going well, and that was Grimeyes and Brad Close. But as soon as the game was up for dispute, boys, those guys mm. were non-existent. And 
Those two in particular, Brad, Brad, Brad Close more, is it? Brad's been around the block a fair bit longer, maybe a year or two longer than Grime Myers. But I think that Myers is so creative and aggressive with his offense, Cat, that there were times where they clearly showed on the TV as well where Myers was playing wing and giving Josh Dacos 10, 15 meters. Dacos had yeah. 41 touches and probably had the most influence on the ground, um, I'd say. So I, I think that there needs to be a bit of defensive accountability. It's actually 38 touches, sorry, not 41 for Josh Dacos. My bad. <laughs> um, but, but I think that, yeah, him and Close were two guys that I still think are part of the future, very important players. But when, mm. when it was tough, they didn't really stand up for my cap. Yeah, and I think that's a part of what they need to look at with the midfield brigade too, Doc, is getting these wingers who are accountable for their men. Um, Smith and Duncan are obviously getting on. Izzy retiring this year, um, and Duncan's not getting any younger. They're not doing the hard running to keep up with your Josh Dacosses. And Myers, when you, uh, and, and no, no. Um, <laughs> Myers, like Miller said, when you put him in there, he's not doing much that either. So I think that's something they've got to focus on, is finding a guy who's going to make a contest on the wing and not just be the one who wants to be there looking flashy and getting the kicks inside 50 when when it's easy, um, doing it when it's hard as well. Yeah, well, it was interesting. I didn't think there was a direct matchup with Grian Myers on the weekend, but I agree. His impact was severely limited as we, you know in comparison to what we've seen past weeks. Uh, close had been – I thought he had a really good first quarter close, almost the best on ground at that point. Yeah. But I think you're right, Miller. When the chips are down, you know, he's got to be – He's got to be doing something. He's got to be a bit more proactive. Because he's good. He's a talented player. He's a great. He's a, he's a fantastic yeah, player. We, I mean, we, we we love him. Yeah. Um. But I it, I just need to. We just need to see a little bit more consistency. Exactly. Speaking of consistency, can Tyson Stengel finally bloody wake up from his <laughs> nap induced coma or whatever the hell it's called? Get a goal, Stengel, mate. Kick a bloody goal that's not from the goal square, you bloody <laughs> seagull. <laughs> Uh, he, he hasn't been the same player he was last year, Doc, which, I mean, the, everything sort of went right for Geelong last year. The injury definitely didn't help with the consistency for him, but he's only 24. I think he'll bounce back next season when he's got another full preseason into him, and um, I really don't want to make too much of his form after what was a pretty gnarly injury as well. It was, it was, it was a gnarly injury, I, yeah. but I think even before that, I think clubs started to really figure out mm. how he plays and how he runs. I think he, he you know, they, they sick their best small mid-sized defender on him and he sort of, it's a little bit like Cody Waite. You stick you stick a Blake Hardwick on him, for example, and as we saw on on Sunday, doesn't do anything. It's non-factor. Yeah, yeah he, he showed up for those games um, when they were absolutely pantsing North and pantsing us and outside of that, he's only kicked the, yeah, the odd seagull sort of goal <laughs> um, for the past eight weeks. So you're right, Doc. Need to see more of an impact from him. Um, before we move on, just a quickie, boys. Do the Cats make finals from here? Oh. I'm saying no. I don't think they're, so they're in it with... with what's the their situation? I mean, they have to win. Saints yeah, this well, week, Saturday Night Marvel, and they close off with the Dogs at Kininia Park. Well, I think the Dogs is a gimme. We haven't won there in about 20 <laughs> years, so... Yeah, they'll win um, But I think, I think the Saints get them at Marvel, boys. I think they'll do oh, it. It's tough. That's that's the big game. Uh, and if they're serious in wanting a, a final spot this year, they must beat them. Yeah. I think um, that they have to win these next two games, really, to be any sort of chance of pushing for the top eight. But to answer the quickie cat, I say yes, they make the eight. All right. To answer, to answer your quickie cat, I say no. Yep, two no's and a yes. There you go. Interesting times ahead for Geelong in these last two weeks, same as a bunch of other teams. God, it's going to be ridiculous. The next <laughs> two rounds. Let's move on to one of our favourite segments that we do every single week, boys. Who's the man? Yes. Highlighting the best performances out of the round. I'm going to kick us off this week uh, because... I want to talk about this man. He's been a bit maligned in the past few weeks after a few people went a bit early and called him the Australian Australian winger. Uh, and <laughs> then Brad Scott said, no, we're actually going to play him as an inside midfielder and a half-forward flanker and not let him play to his strengths. <laughs> but Nick Martin said, stuff yours, I'm going to play as an inside midfielder and kick three while I'm at it this week. Uh, he was absolutely huge for us, Mardo. He got a mix of inside and outside time, which I love to see from him. Um, and when he was on the wing, he got to do what he does best. 32 disposals, three goals, six marks, two tackles, going at 72% disposal efficiency. Mind you, nine score involvements and one direct score assist, two. And four inside 50s for Mardo. Very, very happy with his game, boys. Despite the game itself, 
which probably could have been a loss. Uh, Mato was huge for us. I like that, Cat. That's a good call for you. I, I think Mato's had a, has a ripper dipper season. Um, I think that he's definitely going to be in contention for all Australian, hopefully the 40-man squad at least. Yeah, so. tremendous, tremendous year from him. Um, should be in the squad of 40, as you said, Miller. Should oh, definitely. Definitely. Who have you gone with this week, Doc? Um, well, look, just to torment myself a little bit more uh, of the game, oh, just as a sidebar, have you ever seen a have you ever seen a two hundred and eleven centimetre bloody bloke take the kick out with a minute to go in the game on the line? Oh, I had not until the weekend. Doc's coming no. to Devo's head this week. Oh, oh, look, I've already said my penance on Twitter, so I won't say much more about <laughs> about Bevo. Um, but let's let's give Hawthorne a little bit of a little bit of flowers because they they were terrific. You know, stemmed all form of run. Didn't help that we had Liber out as well, but they also had Chad Wingard go off with an Achilles early on as well. So that leveled out pretty pretty nicely. But a man that you know the dog should have had a little bit of attention on because he was starting to get a roll on when they had the game on their terms. John Newcomb, the oh. Prince of Puwong. He's rolled back into country Victoria tonight. He's going to be proud as punch that he's uh, served, served up the dogs. Could 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 potentially have killed their finals chances, and I hope they have. Um, <laughs> this Doc, he's never going to pay for a beer in, in Puong ever again. This bloke. Oh no, oh, jeez, he shouldn't be paying for a beer in Puong. It's a start with Cat. He's been. <laughs> he, I don't know if you've ever been to Puong. It's probably you know, not much to not much to write home about. But I can't say I have. No, well, yeah, don't. Um, but John Newcomb, boys, fantastic effort. A career high forty disposal in oh. just his fifty. 50th career game, 12 Jeez. marks, five clearances, 500 meters gained, and uh, he won't get any. He won't get any uh, match review officer worries because uh, Cody Waitman's just been suspended for five weeks for uh, headbutting, <laughs> <laughs> headbutting John Newcomb and coming off worse for wear. Fantastic effort from him, and you know we we all saw it from you know his first game that he was going to be a machine, but the way that he's developed his craft as a midfielder over the last couple of years, Miller, it's just been fantastic to watch. He's been the best mid-season draft pick, I think, out of the bunch. I know Pickett's won a premiership, but I think Newcomb's been the best. Yep. John, Newcomb, John Newcomb's probably going to win about four premierships by the time his career is done. And, and two premierships. Also, as well, Miller, <laughs> Miller, we talked about it a while ago, but his kicking has been a, a huge improvement. Yeah. 19 kicks at, at about 79% efficiency. So that, that just shows that he's... Will him and Warple have been fantastic this year? Obviously, Warple's been more of an in and under specialist, but John Newcomb's ability to sort of press out on the outside now has been has been one of the best things to watch about Hawthorne this year. And just also a quick mention to Carl Amon. I thought his outside run just absolutely killed him on the weekend. Twenty four kicks at eighty eight percent efficiency, oh, thirty two disposals, all up. Very nice. Shout, Doc. Oh. Great effort. Great effort by the Hawks. Uh, AKA Bevo out. Get him out. Hashtag <laughs> Bevo out. Throw it over to you, Miller. Who have you gone this week? Uh, I'm also going with self-tormenting round. I'm going to the Richmond St. Kilda game, and I'm picking Jade Gresham, a guy who he's got contract up over the year. A lot of Saints supporters about twenty, uh, two, three weeks ago were saying, get him out, we don't need him, and he was absolutely elite on the weekend. Three goals, one, 22 touches for Jade Gresham, two marks, six tackles. And the biggest thing is that I think when he's playing well, the Saints usually end up doing so as well. I think that... Gresham also had seven score involvements and three inside 50s. So very important cog, I think, for Ross the boss. And he does love having Jade in the team because you said a couple of weeks ago, Cat, he'd been doing absolutely nothing, which he had been. But I tell you what, made Richmond look like an under-12s team at the start of the game. Just absolutely ripped us to shreds. So he's my man of the week. Yeah, good to respond, Gresham. Um, no um, coincidence that the Saints have sort of been uh, playing a few better games when he's been getting himself into form. So... Uh, no, good shout, man. No, no love for Max King, who absolutely, absolutely <laughs> tore down uh, Noah Bolter's pants. No, no love for King. He should have had ten, really. <laughs> yeah, no, he, yeah, no, he should have. Uh, not good enough, Maxi. Uh, be better, please. <laughs> please. Uh, let's move on, gentlemen. Great men all round. Uh, Super coach boys. We're getting into the final stretch here. Uh, we are literally down to the second last round. The prelims are coming up this week. And first things first, Doc, congratulations to you down in the loser's bracket. You've, yep. you've, you've, you've done me in. Uh, I was a man down once again. Uh, you were a man down too, I believe. But yeah, yeah. you got me done by about 60-odd points. Well done, mate. Well done. Yeah, no, thank you, Kat. Um, it was revenge for uh, earlier in the year when you t- took one on me, so it was good to get that one in. Um, 
yeah, the revenge game, it was complete. But, yeah, no, it was an interesting game. I mean, I think you ended up with um, – it was it was looking a little bit hairy because you had a few blokes there that that, that posted well above their uh, projected score. And a few of my chums were um, a little, little underperforming. But, you know, we, we got the chockies in the end. But I think the biggest story out of this out of this week in the Supercoach is the uh, – is the travesty surrounding our man over here, Alex Miller. Goodness. So first things first, the other semi-final, Birkenhead Barons beat Men of Steel by seven points. Absolute oh. nail-biter, but yeah. it doesn't get closer than this, Miller. Now, you came into the chat <laughs> on Sunday night. You were proclaiming to us that you won. You threw the prelim. Yep. What's happened, pl- mate? What's I, was happened? Pl- I was pleased as punch. Cat was jumping up and down in the living room. Absolutely stoked with my work. And uh, they've done the old points reverse on me. So I've ended up losing by a singular point to heavy duty. And um, look, there's lots of things to say. Uh, I should have probably put Sam Sturt on the ground instead of uh, David Cunningham. I maybe should have captained somebody other than Errol Goulden and BC'd somebody other than Tom Stewart. Literally anyone else would have won me the game. But um, oh, no. yeah, this one stings a bit. That would have been for 13 straight wins. Count that win. So, uh, Jesus. We'll, we'll take twelve, but um, I'm, like- I'm 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 just going to take this one as a moral victory. So now you've actually won thirteen in a row. This game, <laughs> this result does not count. I, I think we should disqualify. Every uh, you, you're out, mate. I mean, Jesus. I mean, geez, we're, we're the admins. Can't we reverse the damn decision or something? Or score, a score review, like for trackers. I don't think. Uh, yeah, can we can we get the can we get the box up on the screen? Uh, uh, have a look. Review view complete. Looking at all angles, we see Alex Miller is definitely the winner. <laughs> Looking at all angles, you, Alex Miller's captaincy choices are shocking. It, oh, hurt, it hurt me, though. It really hurt me. But Jeez, uh, geez, yeah. Errol, Errol Gordon has absolutely rorted you this season since bringing him in, and it even goes back beyond that. He's rorted me all year, Doc. I didn't have him for about 15 weeks, and I picked him up, and he's been shit since. Uh, thank you, Errol. <laughs> I do love you in real life, but in your virtual football game, you have hurt me. Errol so, has dropped the Premiership Cup for you, oh, mate. He has um, thrown it at the moving car through the window. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm not happy about it. But, look, that's that's the name of the game, Supercoach Cat. I am that's not the Supercoach. <laughs> I am just the regular coach. So. No, well done. It's solid effort to make it through the bloody semi, mate, from where you're at. Huge run. <sighs> but we will throw congratulations out. Uh, firstly, the loser's bracket, not as important, but... Um, Slobo and uh, Rusty Trombone going head to head in the prelim. Oh, no, no, nobody cares about Robbo. No one cares about that. But Doc, you've got a prelim of your own to win against the Bevolution. Uh, yes. You went straight through from the, the losers' qualifying final, so you might have a bit of a task on your hands here, mate. Uh, well, I'm pretty much consigned to lose because I've got Ridley out. I've got Nick Dacos out. Um, <laughs> oh, geez, who else have I got out? I've probably got the whole bloody team out at this point. Um, but no, no, no teams are under more stress at the moment than my burner team, who scored uh, below two thousand once again this week. Oh my gosh! I'm glad I got the week off uh, because I would have been completely embarrassed by uh, whoever whoever got through into the semi final if I'd lost last week. But um, good week off, Doc. Oh yeah, it was not bad. I I traded in um that kid from Adelaide Borlays uh, who had about 118 uh, last week and only came back with a score of seven uh, this <laughs> week. Seven, <laughs> seven. Oh, um, no. Borlays has been in the fridge too long. It's off. I had uh, Liberatore in the team. Uh, he got 20 before he got knocked out, oh, so no. um that's no good. Stewart was 69 as well. That wasn't good. Um. Some positives, though. Uh, it also sticks Ryan had in the team uh, pulled out due to illness as well, so it was one short. Oh, um, but there were, some po- there were some positives uh, from the Burner team. Had Butters as captain. He had a 139, which was nice. Uh, Sinclair with a 115. Nick Blakey finally doing something useful, the 123. Um, so, yeah, not too bad. And disappointed in Luke Jackson. Didn't get me a, a higher score than 124, but I'll take that. <laughs> Not bad, Doc. Well, I tell you what, we're all here for the main event, which is the prelims this week. Boys, uh, two very, very heavyweight clashes happening. A couple of boffins who've been leading the comp all year long. Uh, Jade and the Birkenhead Barons going head-to-head in the first prelim. The second one, Danny, heavy duty, the man who snuck over Miller by one point, and Dersma's arrow in the other one. Going to be two very interesting clashes here. I think they'll be happy, um, Jade and... Uh, Des Mazzaro that they avoided this week because they got, I think, some of their lowest scores for about the past two months. Um, Jade had 22-41 and Des Mazzaro had 21-63. So they've actually had a good week here with the week off. Um, That's and very hopefully, impressive. 
going to be interesting. Yeah. That's I tell you what, that's the worrying thing is even if I won, I think I would have got pumped. Yeah. <laughs> you probably won't chance here, mate. I don't think, unfortunately. I can sleep easy this week, Cat, just like my uh, Richmond Football Club, just shooting ourselves <laughs> any chance of doing anything in any finals. So, Put on uh, us. Do, do we have, can, we, can we get some tips here for the, the prelims, boys? Who do we think is oh. going through the granny? Um. Well, it's I'm, definitely I'm not backing be... in the two best all year. I'm going to say Jade and, and Denzel. Yeah, I, I think so. Jade, Jade's a non-negotiable. She's an absolute sweat. Uh, <laughs> bonafide <laughs> boffin. She's very good, and I do not want to play her if I had to. So Apparently, as you said, Doc, at the start of the year, said has no idea how to play this game and then just wipes the rest of us. <laughs> Yeah, oh, she she's uh, maintaining that she's going to get whooped this week, but uh, she's definitely not, <laughs> definitely not fooling me. So, um, yeah, no, I th- I'll back her in this week, and I'll back Desmond Zaro to to uh, deliver a bit of sweet justice on heavy duty for him. <laughs> Hopefully, so. Hopefully so. I'm, I'm not ruling out Birkenhead Barons here pulling off the upset. He's had a few good weeks to close out the season. He's been okay. Look, uh, I think there's a couple of sneaky little uh, heavy duty's still been good in general. So. Look, Danny did give me the business, and so be it. Um, that, that is Supercoach. That's how it goes. You know, you, you win some, you lose some. Uh, I won one earlier in the season, I think, by a point. So it's called justice, I suppose. It's not sweet. It's just shit. Justice it is. Shit. Uh, well, good luck to everyone in the prelims this week. Yes. We can see how it all shakes out. Let's move on to our tips, gentlemen, to close out the show. Some huge games this week, and it all kicks off on Friday night. I'm very oh. keen for this one. Hang, hang, hang on, Nick Cat. What, what about yeah. what about what we've got this week? We've got Rapid Round. Oh, we've also got Rapid Round too. Shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, we'll squeeze going? in Rapid Round. Let's do Rapid Round. Yeah, oh, look, it's only, it's only going to take about two minutes, Cat. <laughs> rapid uh, Round. We've got Doc. You're, you're in charge of it this week, mate. And uh, yeah. Alex Miller, you're answering some questions here. Yes, yes. Uh, so for those who are new to the new to the program, first of all, welcome. Uh, second, second of all, um, thirty seconds. Uh, we usually go around uh, every week. Uh, me to Miller this week, Miller to Cat next week, and then Cat back to me the following week. So for you, Alex Miller, I've cooked up three questions as always. Uh, the first one, we're going to start with my mob because I can't stop talking about him this episode. Uh, <laughs> if the dogs are to miss out on the top eight this year. Should a club-wide review be made, and and if so, who should be made responsible for the last couple of years? But I've said this year, but you can say who's been held responsible for the such a I'd say flat year to be honest. <sighs> your your thirty seconds starts now. I say no to the club-wide review. I think they're a waste of time and they're stupid. Um, but I do think somebody should be held accountable. Now I think that for me the onus is on. This season, the coach, I feel like that he's been around this playing group long enough that they should be providing better. But recently, the last year, probably the the players need to give a bit more. I think that individuals can only do as so much, but they need to do more as a group collectively because this team is too good to not be playing in September. So I think somebody is to be accountable. I think it's part player and part coach. And if that means Beveridge has to go, he might have to do so. Yeah, well, I've, I've 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 said I've said most of the year it's been a collective issue between the coach and the players, and and when it comes to that, I think the coach has to go. Um, but I'd also like to throw a bit of heat on the on the football department, usually headed I think it's headed by Chris Grant and Amit Baines for handing out a, a two year deal to Bevo when it really shouldn't have been, um, because this is what happened last year when yeah, we coughed well, up a right. six goal lead in the final, and you know we all know the rest. Um, <laughs> To quote Mark Lacroix. Yes, to, to, <laughs> quote, to quote the goat. Um, next question, Miller. It's about the Brownlow. Okay. Now, now we haven't we haven't really discussed about the Nick Dacos injury yet, but I'm keen to hear about what you think about this. Can he win? Can he hang on to win the Brownlow? If your answer is no, who does win it from here? Thirty seconds starts now. Well, to be boring, my answer is yes, he can win it, and I think he still will, but I will answer it as another way. Look, I, I think that Bontempelli and Petrarca are obviously the key standouts. I think Butters has fallen off too much from mine. He's only played good against the shit kickers recently. So um, Petrarca's <laughs> played a bit too much forward. I feel like Bont's taken votes in a lot of games that Dogs have won, which hasn't been that many though of recent. So it's going to be very interesting. I think that there's a couple of guys that will poll well from other teams as well. I think Zach Merritt from Essendon will poll really well. I also think Time. that oh, 
Tim Taranto, maybe. <laughs> Timothy. Um, and Not- also, I'd say Rosie will poll better. I reckon Rosie will poll more, more votes than Butters, anyway. Good good answers, really. Tim Taranto's not bad, but his last month sort of let him down. So. Yeah, well, we've been asleep, so. Yeah, 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 fair, fair enough. <laughs> well, whilst we're on the Tigers, Miller, we're going to ask a question about this man who is on the twilight of his career. There's been a bit of notions for him to call to call to quits yet, but he hasn't done it just yet. It's about, it's about your man, Super Jack Rewalt. Is it, is, it, is it time to hang the boots up, or has he got one more season left in him? 30 seconds starts now. I think... It's up to Jack, and I feel like if he was going to announce his retirement, he would have done so before the Matt, the Matty game on the weekend. I think Jack's got one more in him. I don't know how many games he's got in him. More of a Trent Cotchin management situation, I think, next year. Jacob Bauer looks like he's going to be something. If Josh Gibkiss is alive, which hopefully uh, he will be next year, Noah Boulder can play some forward time, which would be nice. But I think Jack's got one more in him, and he's obviously one of those guys like Hawkins and those many other greats that can call time when they like. So I think Jack's got one more in him for sure. Um, bang. Stuff. Bang on 30 seconds, Miller. Good answer. I, I agree with you, Miller. I think one more. One, one more. Yep. I don't don't mind one more, uh, especially if it means they get more game time to Bauer, have Rewalt sort of coach from the sidelines a little bit. Tom Lynch will be back as well. I so. feel like he would have announced... He was retirement if he was going to as well. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, fair. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, to the tips now, Cap. <laughs> to the tips, yes. Um, I know you were very and, excited and about the tips this week, Doc. I oh. am because I got the perfect nine out of oh, nine this week. There it is. Get around, get around <laughs> me. The The lead is growing wider and wider, Alex oh, Miller. It's, your first nine of the year, Doc. First nine of the year, and it's, and it's coming to rip a time too. Um. <laughs> And and look, to be honest, I actually did change some tips uh, over the weekend. Um, <laughs> ah, you crafty bastard! <laughs> you I, crafty fucker! I, I did. Um, I if if you listened last week, I did. I did tip Geelong to beat Collingwood, oh. and I did tip. I think I tipped GWS, uh, but I changed them uh, pretty much in the last thirty minutes for for first bounce on both games. Oh, so. for the last minute. Uh, you, well, you you have absolutely sold the farm here, Miller. You are you are tanking as hard as you can. You don't want first place anymore. You dropped five points below, Doc. With you know, six this week. come get me, cat. I'm going. To, I'm, doing, I'm doing my best to shit me better and go into last place. Oh, I've uh, been looking. I'm a Harley Reid down the bottom of the ladder of parts a year, mate. I'm not giving yeah. that up now. Well, bad luck, Simo. I'm coming for it, says Clarko. Um, but yes, look, it was an interesting week. I mean, you got six, but yeah, Doc, the perfect week. I was two points off the margin, so not that Ooh. that means shit but um yeah look i've got some work to do if i'm to make up any sort of grant so i am announcing that i'm gonna tip nine the next two weeks bang there we go jeezy jeezy sounds so confident too um don't tip richmond this week no whatever you do well it's going might be a hard one because there's some huge games across this week and it kicks off friday night marvel stadium why the hell is this at Marvel? Collingwood playing at Brisbane. It's a really good question, Kat. What I is it? here a couple of years ago as well um, when Zach Bailey kicked the goal after the sirens beat the Pies. Um, that was a very, very good game. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even sure why they hosted it there I, either. I think Stephen Hawking was doing pin the tail on a donkey with the stadium and put this game at Marvel instead of the yeah. G. He missed it because he was blindfolded. <laughs> well, well, uh, I'm going the Lions, though, gentlemen. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say two-goal margin. Um... I'm going. I'm going the pies. I don't think I've. I haven't been sold on on Brisbane last month, and you know the game against Adelaide didn't do them any favors either. Um, I'm going the pies by 16 points. I'm going Brisbane by 16. I think no Darcy Moore and Dacos means no fun for you guys. Yeah, Dugowie might pull up sore. We don't know. We may see, uh, but it's going to be an interesting game regardless. I think the Lions can smell that top two spot, and they want it. Uh, Saturday footy, the Tigers and the Roos. Yeah, it's got to be Richmond. It's got to be Richmond. Oh, yeah, look, it has to be Richmond. Um, it's going to be another game where uh, let's not do, let's not watch the game. Just go do something constructive. <laughs> Just go uh, drink beers in the bar. Last last week, I bought an outfit for uh, graduation instead of watching uh, Essendon <laughs> North Melbourne Cats. So uh, come back next week to see what I did, uh, what, what I've done on uh, on Saturday. Um, Richmond. Gonna go Richmond. Richmond. Cochi's last game, boys, as well. Yeah, gonna be gonna be an emotional game, I think, for for a lot of Tigers fans, Miller, and I'm sure we'll be yourself as well. The <laughs> <laughs> men's an absolute stalwart of the football club. Oh, just fantastic! I mean, every football memory I have of a little Tacker is of Trent Cochin really in it, and 
fearless leader that he is. So uh, congrats to him and hope hopefully we send him out with a win instead of what we dished up yesterday because it was shit. <laughs> yes. Um, this game's going to be full of drama potentially. Gold Coast and Carlton oh, in the Gold this... Coast. Um, I think the Blues will do it here and lock themselves well and truly uh, into finals and possibly a home elimination final as well. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think they got the win here. They're playing for the emblem at the moment, Miller, um, Carlton, <laughs> which is fantastic stuff. The emblem, um, the emblem um, for hardworking people like myself who don't actually who don't actually support the club. Um, I'm half tempted to go the Suns. They tend to play very well at Metricon. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm going to go um, Carlton though. I'll go Carlton. Pending teams, I'm going to go the Snus. Oh, more tip changes coming this week for you than I yeah, 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 quite potentially. I'll come back to this uh, on the weekend and, and see where my head's at. But at the moment, I think Carlton are due a loss before the uh, for the finals, and I think this one might be the one. There you go. Uh, I will. I don't want to watch this game, but I will be. The Giants and Essendon. Giants, please put us out of our misery. Just end us now. Oh, uh, not, GWS, Orange team. I'm not... I'm not picking your team this week, Cat. I've, I've usually I've, I've I've stood by a club a lot this year, Cat, when it comes to the tips. Uh, but the last couple of weeks have convinced me otherwise. Um, if you can't put away uh, a North Melbourne side and a West Coast side who have not oh, West Coast only won their game, um, North Melbourne haven't won since round two, and you can only manage a, a single digit figure against them. Um, please fold. Please fold. Get rid of us. <laughs> Please fold. Uh, go Giants. With all that being said, I'm tipping Essendon. Oh, Miller, do not do this. I've got a mate who's been in my ear all week telling me we're beating the Giants and then we're beating Collingwood. Uh, oh, okay. And I, I don't know what they are smoking. I don't... <laughs> it's and not legal. I'm throwing um, you in this now, Miller. Get off uh, it. I'm going Dons. Come on. Oh, shit. All right. All right. Yeah, every right to tip bloody want. I'm just saying. It's going to be wrong. Saturday night footy. These are two ripping games, boys, in terms of the final eight. St. Kilda and Geelong at Marvel Stadium. I said it before. I'm going to tip the Saints here. I think they're starting to just get it together a little oh. bit now coming into finals. And I think Geelong have just shown their weaknesses. Uh, Saints, go Saints. Um, I'm going to go the Saints as well. Uh, I'm with you. I think they've. Uh, I think Geelong is shot. Honestly, just kill them now. <laughs> I'm tipping Geelong. All right, there you go. We love the disagreements on this podcast. Uh, the other game on Saturday night: Adelaide and Sydney. At this Adelaide. Is huge. This is massive, and I'm going to tip the Swans boys. They're in oh. ripping, ripping form at the moment. They're going to get this yeah. done. Yeah, I'm going to go the Swans as well. Uh, I think they've. How many games have they won now? They've won about six, seven in a row. The Swans. Uh, seven, I think it is seven. 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 Um, I'm going Crom. Crom Industries. Crom yep. Industries. Oh, Miller's just, just trying to feed off whatever <laughs> I've... T- he's, got, he's going the Hail Mary play here. I'm going West Coast here. No. Uh... <laughs> dogs are West Coast at Marvel. Our dogs will shit this in. Oh, God. I bloody hope so. Um... This is the most deserving of a 110 Sunday time slot. Two shit kicker teams oh, yeah. going at it on a shit surface on Jeez. a Sunday. Just, just going to play on a bloody Tuesday night when nobody fucking cares about this game. Um, I'd love to say I'm not going to not going to go watch this game. I'm going to boycott the rest of the season, but I will be I will be going to this game. And and if I and I swear to God, if I see anything less than a ten goal margin, I will march up to Witten Oval and start demanding heads roll. Sunday was pathetic. <laughs> it literally was the most half-assed. Fucking effort! I've so you're tipping, so you're tipping the dogs, is what you're saying? Yeah, oh, they better respond. And I will tell you what, if you're the Eagles, you picked a worst. You pick, you couldn't have picked a worse time to to catch the dogs now. <laughs> and I assume you're going the dogs as well, Mel. Uh, I suppose so. I'll I have suppose, to. I suppose I must. Uh, this game is going to be interesting. Melbourne. This is Hawthorne very interesting. On the Sunday Arvo. I'm tipping the Hawks, boys. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I think oh. they're a shot. I think they're in this. I think they definitely are a shot. Oh, I think definitely Melbourne, a shot. I think Melbourne for mine though. Oh, who does McGuinness go to this week? Track. Um, Clary? No, uh, I think he's on track. I think track. Track or Berry. Track. Well, he was on Liberatory before he got knocked out, and then he spent stints on Bailey Dale, and then Bevo thought it was a great idea to play him at forward. Um, and then, oh, geez, it was, it was all over the shop. Um, Melbourne. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Melbourne too. Up the Hawks. Uh, finishing us off, this is a game no one wants to watch. Free on Port at Optus. Uh, it's going to be Port. They're going to win. Oh, look, uh, I don't know. Port travel really badly in Perth. 
I remember a couple of years ago, West Coast pumped them. Uh, I'm going Fre- Port, though, I suppose. Well, for, you know, Freo weren't too bad. Freo haven't been too bad last couple of weeks. Um, you know, yeah, so, Certainly, certainly enhance their chances by kicking seventeen in a row against West Coast. <laughs> Imagine um, dipping West Coast. I mean, uh, if you you uh, are a goose like that, West Coast. Why did you tip the worst team we've ever seen in our lifetime? Oh, jeez! I can't Kat. defend myself. All I can do is say that I made a decision. I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw the opportunity and uh, it completely just shat in my head. Oh, it's got. Uh, I reckon Port here. That if they want to lock up top four, they've got to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to go the power. I think there's a lot, a lot at stake, and I think they'll get it done. A lot, lot, lot of their kids firing again. Horn Francis was sensational against the uh, the Orange team, and so was uh, Miles Bergman. You couldn't tell which one was which, Miller. No, you couldn't. I tell you what, Miles played very well. Kicked a couple of beautiful <laughs> goals. I got confused when I flicked on the TV recorder. Told me he had eleven touches and three goals. I thought, nah, they mix that up. Be with confused. Somebody else. Oh, that was absolutely bizarre. But I tell you what, very interesting round of footy. That's for sure. Very, very interesting round. Tips are in. Um, good stuff, boys. Only one more round of it to go before we get to finals. Cannot wait. Um, but I think that is going to wrap up this episode of the A3 Footy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening once again. If you would like to support us, you can just two ninety nine a month. We just uploaded an episode looking back at the career of Buddy Franklin. If you want to go and listen to that and plenty more to come with trade and draft stuff very, very soon. Cannot wait for that. Make sure you follow us across all our socials so you know when new podcasts come out. A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at A3 Footy on Twitter. And of course, over email as well, A3 Footy at gmail.com. With all that said, and with a huge round ahead to look forward to, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. I've been Alex Doherty. Till next time, stick with us at A3. Go, Adam Kingsley. Put us out of our misery. Go, Adam Simpson. Kill my team. <laughs> Go, Trent Cotchin. You are a legend. Go, Cotch.